An invisible unnamed enemy is sabotaging your performance. You encounter it dozens, if not hundreds of times every day. It makes all your work harder. And by the way, this enemy is not your phone or social media or dopamine distractions or anything that the productivity gurus tell you it is. It's something different. Hey there, Rian Doris here, co-founder of the Flow Research Collective, along with New York Times bestselling author Stephen Kotler, and welcome to Flow State Unlocked, where we decode the neuroscience of flow states so that you can use these states of profound peak performance to sharpen your focus, triple your productivity, and reach your goals in record time. Now imagine this, you sit down to work, right as you start getting into the task, this notification pops up. Before your laptop battery dies, you search for the power cable, but you've got to untangle it. Then you've got to find an outlet to plug it into. Then you open your email to find an important document, but Google prompts you to enter a two-factor authentication code. Finally, you get the document, but then you have to call your bank. They put you on hold for 45 minutes. And as you wait, you realize you left your lunch at home and now you have to walk back to grab it. And on the way, you're pinging emails back and forth, trying to schedule a call with two different people in different time zones. You're momentarily thrown off your groove again and again and again. And this is just a tiny snapshot of your day. You might intuitively consider these experiences distractions or interruptions, but what you might see as a mere annoyance or slight deviation from your task, science reveals as a more pervasive and insidious problem, a problem called friction. Each of these moments of friction is like being pinched. They're tiny zaps of irritation that spike cortisol. The body's stress response to friction is nearly identical to your arm actually getting pinched. It wastes your time and it saps your attention. Every little bit of friction is siphoning off a small amount of your energy, like a slow leak in a car tire. And over time, it can leave you irritated. It makes your thinking jagged, constantly having to converge on something trivial suppressing creativity and constricting your consciousness. It's like trying to run in knee-deep water. You see your destination clear as day and you're keen to get there, but every stride you take, the water pushes back. It doesn't stop you from getting there, but it does slow you down. Each step requires more effort than it should, making the journey exhausting. Now, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, the godfather of all the science on flow state, referred to friction as activation energy, an analogy from physics referring to the amount of energy it takes to catalyze a reaction or response. So friction is that resistance that sits between you and the action that you're wanting to take. Now, contrary to what one might believe, friction isn't inherently negative. It's a neutral force. It can be used both to inhibit our goals, but also to propel us forward. And there are three different ways to harness friction. Friction is a deterrent, friction as a catalyst, and then systemic friction. When you master these three uses of friction, you attain what we like to call superfluidity. When your life is superfluid, you don't exert effort, no matter how small and anything that's off task or off purpose. To attain superfluidity, it requires mastering friction in three ways. The first is to use friction as a deterrent to deter you and block you from negative behaviors. So I've got this savings account that's linked to investments. And if I wanna pull money out, I have to go through a bit of a process. I've got to find a specific customer service number, dial in, hit a few buttons on the keypad, and then chat with someone on the other end for a little bit. It's not exactly climbing Mount Everest, but it's not as simple as clicking a button either. And this bit of friction or activation energy is enough to make me think twice before dipping into my savings for no good reason. So the key is a little bit of friction can make a massive difference. It's a bit like placing a small speed bump on a road. It's not going to stop you, 
but it will make you slow down and think. Consider this common gold attracting behavior, frequently checking social media when working. If the apps aren't at your fingertips and you need to log in through a browser, it adds a step. And this extra step creates a pause between the urge to check social media and the satisfaction from doing it. This aligns with the strengths model of self-control, which says a longer gap between the urge wanting to check social media and the action getting the satisfaction can make a habit less likely to stick. So we can see how adding friction can be helpful, but what about removing? Well, removing friction to catalyze is step two. Now, back when I was beginning my first business, I had to work a ton. And the hardest part of working was getting started. I used to work in coffee shops, but the friction of getting set up in a coffee shop was tremendous. I had to find the right coffee shop, Googling around on Yelp. I had to go into the coffee shop. I had to make sure there was a spare seat. Then I had to connect to the Wi-Fi. had to open my laptop, hope it was charged, plug it into an outlet if it wasn't, clear enough space on the table, probably get a coffee, get my headphones working, make sure the noise canceling was on to block out all the noise in the surrounding area. And then finally, I could hit the keys and start the damn work. But after learning about friction, I prioritized getting a full office desk set up at home with a computer that's always on. So it's got that screensaver on all the time, such that to start work, all I had to do was tap one key and boom, it's on, locked and loaded with minimal friction and way more time spent working. So here's the key. We can use this lack of friction to promote behaviors that we want to encourage. Let's say you want to have a more productive workday. If your desk is tidy, your computer is on, and you've got a task list ready from the night before, you've created a frictionless environment that lets you get started smoothly without a hitch. I'll give you another example from my own life. I'm constantly wanting to read more and reduce friction to make it easier to read. And I love reading physical books. I love the smell of the book, the look of the book, but reading a physical book had a surprising amount of friction with it. I'd have to find the book, which I would always leave in different places all over the house. Then I'd have to make sure that I had a pen. Then I'd have to hold it and sit in a certain position with the book to be able to read it and take notes. And instead, I transitioned to a Kindle and I have multiple of them. So I could pick the Kindle up at any time. The book's always going to be on the Kindle and no pen is required and no sitting position is required. And if you're reading at night, no light stand is required because the thing lights itself. So a perfect example of reducing friction and then upping the behavior that you want to up, which in this case is reading. The principle of least effort says that when given several ways to reach a goal, we are always gonna default down to the one that requires the least work, the path of least resistance, we're wired for it. So by thoughtfully controlling friction in our environment, we can nudge our brains into encouraging behaviors that are conducive to our goals and discouraging behaviors that aren't. But there's a final form of friction that we need to address to master friction and attain this state of superfluidity. And this is the invisible enemy most people overlook, which is systemic friction. And our goal, our third step is to smooth out systemic friction. Systemic friction is the I have to deal with this moment that interrupts the smooth linear application of effort directed towards its intended target. Systemic friction momentarily hijacks that effort, applying it towards something utterly meaningless. Cumulatively, systemic friction makes effort more effortful. A characteristic of flow is the opposite. It's effortless exertion. High exertion, low perceived effort is the magic of flow. High exertion, High perceived effort is the terrible thing about systemic friction, which inhibits flow. So to give you some examples, finding things, untangling things, the maintenance tasks that don't progress you in a real way, whether it's doing dishes, cleaning, shopping, waiting on hold, or digging your phone charger out of your backpack, untangling it, and then having to hunch over to plug it into a different spot that's that perfectly awkward distance from your desk. All of these random low values and slightly suboptimal clusters of actions show up everywhere. 
and resolving systemic friction involves two key steps. First, recognizing its impact and committing to its eradication, even though it seems miniature and trivial and kind of like a bunch of first world problems. The reality is these seemingly minor inconveniences or micro irritants can chip away at our cognitive resources, causing stress and disrupting our flow. Not only that, but they can compound over time, leading to significant decreases in productivity. So the key here is to never underestimate the power of systemic friction and be willing to fix all things, even those you assumed were too insignificant to matter. So here are a few specific strategies and examples. Number one, consider a setup that's always prepared and optimized for your workflow. Have a dedicated workspace with a desktop that's ready to go. Number two, organize your essential accessories. Imagine having your AirPods attached to your car keys so they're always within reach when you need them. This strategy can apply to other accessories you frequently use. Number three is to streamline password management or to handle two-factor authentication and password changes. This way you eliminate the friction of having to remember and frequently change passwords. Meal prep is another example. Pre-plan your meals for the week. This eliminates the decision fatigue associated with figuring out where and what to eat every day. Automate software updates. Set your devices to update during your off hours so you don't experience downtime in the middle of a work session. These are just a few tiny little examples, but think about your daily routine. Identify all of the systems and processes, rituals and routines that you run in a given day, and then where the systemic friction lies within these, and then develop specific strategies to eradicate it. Taking out systemic friction from even the tiniest little things. And again, these things seem tiny, they seem trivial, but there's hundreds of these little things a day and they add up to either make your overall sense of life and productivity and performance high in friction and resistance or super fluid. If three times or 10 times a week or whatever it is, you have to look for your AirPods and your car key for two minutes before you leave the house, that's small, but over time as you aggregate those things, it's not small. The principle here is to engineer your environment to remove these small points of friction that collectively have a huge impact, even though they're almost invisible alone. So consider this, what would your day, week, or year look like if you could significantly reduce systemic friction? Imagine spending the vast majority of your time on tasks that advance your professional goals and contribute to the impact you wanna have in the world. Remember, super fluidity is what works aiming for here, this state where we transition seamlessly from one high value activity to another without the resistance. And by reducing systemic friction, we take a significant step towards achieving this state. And doing this, you'll avoid all the friction that typically blocks the average knowledge worker from experiencing flow. And instead, you'll harness the power of being an executive athlete and get your most important work done while in the most productive state known to humankind all before noon. Rian here again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Flow State Unlocked. If you want to catch this episode with all the visuals and lots of fancy, beautiful animations that we put together so you can more deeply understand these concepts, then head over to our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash Rian Doris, and I'll see you there.